0: I'm Jake. And I'm Benny. And welcome back to Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Another jam-packed week of Why did I put that right? Another
1: jam-packed week of the offseason, which includes a team trading up in the draft for the number three overall pick
0: and some more free agent signings. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So to start off this week, I'm gonna go into one of my favorite pieces of news. The Seattle Seahawks have re-signed Carlos Dunlap.
1: Uh good for them. He really he really change the defense uh like that signing alone or that trade alone um ever since he showed up in seattle
0: the defense started playing a lot better you guys know about my whole entire rant about the seahawks and how much i argue for carlos dunlap and uh i think he was re-signed for two or three years oh yeah two years 16.6 million dollars uh this is a huge deal for seattle especially because Going into this offseason, there was a lot of shaky things, a lot of rumors, and cutting Carlos Dunlap at first was a shock to many. But it's good to see that they re-signed, and honestly, Carlos Dunlap couldn't be happier. You look on any of his social media, he's praising the Seahawks for this, so i I love to see him back. Yeah, real good for him. Uh, some more news. Uh, the Steelers are aiming to re-sign uh, TJ Watt. I mean, who wouldn't? Or they're looking to extend him. He is one of the best defensive players in the league. So I completely understand why they'd want to re-sign him. I mean, he's another player that just makes a huge boom on that defense right there.
1: Yeah, he's a phenomenal young player. Kind of shades of how JJ Watt played in the beginning of his career. Um, TJ Watt's pretty much just picking up where he left off, Uh, carrying the Watt name for sure. Uh, Hopefully he gets a re-sign out. If the Steelers even think about letting him walk, that's going to be insane. we're probably gonna expect a big contract for him i think i think the steelers are gonna have to go all in if they want tj watt but hopefully we can see some news of that coming along
0: yeah i could honestly see him being the highest paid linebacker in the league after this
1: i could totally see that
0: uh the buccaneers they did re-sign leonard Fournette. he was one of the bigger names going into free agency after most other players got signed uh there was a lot of uh concern about where he'd be going but I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Buccaneers are officially the first team since 1970 something. I
1: think it was the fifties, the
0: fifties to resign a whole entire like starting team after winning a super bowl. So
1: they were able to bring up, bring back all 22 uh, starters. starters,
0: which also
1: means that Antonio Brown was never a starter. Cause they let him go.
0: Yeah. Honestly. Do you see a repeat year for the Bucks next year? Can you see them going back to back?
1: 100%. I see them doing better than in the regular season than they did the year before. I'm expecting them to go back all the way cuz we saw the beginning of the season, they had some chemistry issues. They just had a they just had to learn how to play with each other, but that Super Bowl everything was clicking and the fact that everybody's coming back, you know the locker room's just going to be ecstatic. They're going to be ready to go back and do it again.
0: Yeah, I think they're definitely going to clinch the number one spot in their division now, especially with Drew Brees and the Saints kind of falling apart. I mean, Drew Brees are tired. The Saints, they've kind of gone out of that cap space trouble, but they're still in it. And yeah, they're, yeah.
1: they're honestly, uh, the division is an easy Buccaneers win. It I definitely think. is. I, I think no matter what happens, um, the Buccaneers are going to win the division next year. And with. Leonard Fournette or what they like to call him Lombardi Lenny uh, popping off in the Super Bowl um, seeing him and Ronald Jones switch off in the offseason, it's going to be kind of reminiscent of the Browns with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb I think Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are going to be a force to be reckoned with on the ground
0: oh yeah for sure so one of the biggest things uh the dolphins traded their number three pick to the 49ers and they sent their number 12 pick to the eagles uh so now they have the number six pick after sw- after swapping with the eagles and honestly i like that move a lot because um i still have them drafting Devonte smith honestly and drafting him at number three is kind of it's kind of hard to see a wide receiver go all the way up to number three. So he's going to be safe later. I mean, I think they got another pick out of that trade. So they're going to be able to sign one of the best uh, wide receivers from college.
1: Yeah, I think so. Either Jamar Chase or, like you said, Devonta Smith might actually go at number six because when they went down, when they traded with the 49ers to go to 12, um, I expected, okay, maybe they'll go after an offensive lineman because I think At that point, I think there's still a top three going to be left because I think I still think Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater are going in the top 10. But I was like, okay, maybe they can pick up one more piece for the offensive line. But then they move back up to six. And I feel a lot more comfortable with the team picking a wide receiver at six, than three, three for sure. Um, But uh, after the trade with the Eagles um, and the 49ers, this. um, here the Miami Dolphins draft picks for the next 3 years in 2021 they're going to have two they're going to have their two first round picks uh the number 6th and the 18th in 2022 they're going to have two first round picks and in 2023 again they're going to have two first round picks again that one of those coming from the San Francisco trade and they still have plenty of second round and third round picks uh the Dolphins are gonna be set to become a like a dynasty, probably. They have all the tools ready to just draft all the guys that they need.
0: Yeah, honestly, they could be getting the best players from every single draft class. I mean, they already have a solid team around them. They went 10 and 6, barely missed the playoffs. Now they have Tua. Um they have a great defense. I think their defense is honestly near perfect. Uh, but that offense just needs a little bit more work. Tua needs to develop a little bit a little bit more now. Going over to the other side of this, the Niners. Now, What do you see them doing with that pick? I I see Justin Fields in their vision.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think an insider leak from the 49ers said that they were looking at Mac Jones and Kyle Shanahan did opt to go to Mac Jones's pro day over Justin Justin Fields. Fields And which was a mistake, in my opinion, because Justin Fields balled out. He did everything correct in his pro day. And I get you can't draft a quarterback just solely from his pro day, but if you were able to, I would totally pick Justin Fields over Mac Jones. In general, I mean, looking at all the tape, sure, in two years, Mac Jones only threw seven interceptions, which is really good. Uh, Justin Fields threw a little bit more than that, but Justin Fields has a higher ceiling than Mac Jones, in my opinion. Uh, yeah,
0: Mac Jones only is a first round quarterback because of that one win. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, if. The 49ers don't take Justin Fields because I think the consensus number one is definitely Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And then two is a little shaky between Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. But I think the Jets are going to trade out of the number two pick. That's what makes sense to me. Yeah, I can see that. And if not, maybe they will go and grab Zach Wilson. But uh, regardless, the number three pick is either going to be Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. I do not see Mac Jones. If Mac Jones is going to go anywhere, I think he's going to fall to Denver possibly.
0: I could see that. Now, I know a lot of people were kind of mad. I know a lot of Eagles fans are mad about the whole entire situation. I mean, I'm not sure what the Eagles really need right now. They need wide receivers. That's like their biggest concern, I think. Um, and, off- and an offensive line now. Trading now from 6 to 12 is a pretty big deal, especially in a draft class where, th- honestly, this is one of the weaker draft classes, I feel like. I mean, last year's was, was pretty good. The year stacked. before, yeah, last year's was stacked, one of the best in a long time. And this year is just kind of just average. I mean, yeah, so losing six picks, like going down six picks is going to really be crucial to your team. Now, I'm not even sure what they really got from this. I know next year, if Carson Wentz does good on the Colts and they'll get another first round draft pick. But besides that, I I don't like that move by the Eagles. Uh, the Raiders did kind of solve their wide receiver problem. They let go of their number one wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. But they did sign Willie Sneed, uh, kind of a downgrade, honestly.
1: Yeah, I would say so as well. Willie Snead is, I mean, the thing with Nelson Aguilar was he is an outside receiver. He can run along the sidelines and he can go deep. But Willie Sneed is a slot wide receiver. So they're, what their vision must be is they're going to have somebody on the outside. But if they even do decide to play Willie Sneed on the outside, I'll be surprised.
0: Yeah, hopefully Henry Ruggs also develops because he honestly was, he was a bust last season. I'm going to say, I mean... He didn't really have that good of a rookie year, so hopefully his sophomore year is a lot better than last year.
1: Keep our fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, I hope Willie Sneed and uh, and him could maybe be a good duo. I'm not sure, though. Uh, so, some other Seahawks news. Uh, they did release Jaron Reed. He's a defensive tackle. I, I don't know how to feel about this. Now, Jaron Reed, he was honestly a pretty good... He was a pretty solid defensive tackle. I mean, he didn't really... He's never really, like, talked about that much, but... He did good for the seahawks i mean he this is his third year fifth year i think third or fifth year i think and he's always been starting he had 6.5 uh, sacks last season so he's not a bad player but the problem is he wanted way too much money i think honestly more than he's worth so i get not re-signing him because they the seahawks need the money obviously for offensive line and they just signed some more defensive tackles they signed carlos dunlap back again they got puna ford and, and Benton So. They honestly, they, they, could, they could part ways with Jaron Reed. I do believe that he uh, signed with the Chiefs. Now, that's two former defensive tackles uh, from the Seahawks on the Chiefs now, Frank Clark and Jaron Reed. And Frank Clark's a baller out, out there. I mean, he's a great part for their defense. So maybe Jaron Reed will do the same.
1: Yeah, and don't forget, Jaron Reed bounced back this season because in 2019, uh, he suffered an injury, which only let him have two sacks that season but this last season he bounced back with six and a half sacks of yeah the seahawks. so yeah hopefully you can find some great uh the seahawks will gain an 8.5 mil uh cap space growth but they are gonna have a five mil dead cap hit as well so um i think it does make sense they'll save a little bit of money but hopefully you can go somewhere
0: yeah hopefully i do believe he's hunting the chiefs
1: the 49ers are gonna host tony jefferson on a visit of safety and I think this is really crucial because um, the NFC West is becoming such a contested like division, especially with the offensive sides. You got the Rams with uh, Matt Stafford, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. Co- yep, Cooper Cup, and then the Cardinals they have DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, and
0: Larry Fitzgerald. The Seahawks with uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett now. The Niners, honestly, their offense is kind of lacking. Jimmy G and Debo, Samuels. But besides that, they really need to step it up on offense. But this, hopefully getting the safety will really stop that offensive, just the offensive teams now in the NFC West.
1: And to the players coming in to the NFC West, um, uh, they're going to have their, like I said, they're going to have their hands full, especially with that Malcolm Butler signing. Yeah, um, Malcolm Butler going to have to guard DK Metcalf. He's going to have to guard... um so many other offensive weapons um if you're a defensive if you're a defensive player and you're heading to the nfc west you better be ready for some tough offense
0: yeah this is going to be probably the if you're drafted as a rookie in the nfc west and you're expected to be a starter that's going to be that's going to be tough it's
1: going to be a tough rookie season
0: uh the seahawks also brought back a defensive tackle al woods he did opt out of the season with the jaguars but um Uh, this is his third time in Seattle. Uh, he was a, he was a part-time starter for Jaron Reed in 2019. Uh, so he's not, he's just kind of like the backup that he's been on six teams. I mean, I'm not really looking, I'm not really too excited about this, but he'll be, he'll be a good backup.
1: At least he's got some experience and he knows the Seattle organization.
0: Yeah. He's been there three times. Uh, a huge piece of news. Now I talked about the Saints a little bit earlier and how they were just kind of falling apart. Now this one is probably one of the biggest parts. Uh, Marshall Latimore is a young stud, a great cornerback. He was arrested last week. Uh, he had a loaded handgun, which was believed to be stolen last Thursday. And yeah. I... Yeah, it's a fourth degree felony. Uh, he was booked into
1: uh, Cuyahoga County jail in Cleveland. Um, this is big. He was a passenger in a vehicle that was pulled over for multiple traffic violations, according to Cleveland police. And that's when they found uh, him with the possession of a concealed weapon. Uh, if you're an nfl player you cannot be caught lacking doing this stuff especially if you're a big name if you're a starting nfl player you can't be living like this
0: yeah his attorney said that it was a misunderstanding and he what well, he was released on saturday morning uh, honestly this is bad because this is his, th- he's going to his fifth year option this is a crucial moment for any nfl player now with a 10.2 million dollar cap on the saints books they need they need that cap space they were, they were thinking about extending him, but honestly, at this point, he's going to be suspended for this without a doubt. I'm not sure if re-signing him is really that good of a move. Which is really
1: tough on him because especially uh, this is his rookie contract. We're he's a pro about. bowler also. Yeah, this is his rookie contract. So um, when you get to the point that he's at, you're going to want to hope that you get re-signed as a franchise player. That's what you want to be known for. Yeah. But
0: tough for Marshawn Lattimore. Hopefully it all works out though. So I called this one a few weeks ago. You guys can go back and check. Uh, I said the Ravens should sign Sammy Watkins, and what did they do? They signed Sammy Watkins. Now this is a big deal for the Ravens, especially considering Lamar Jackson's receivers before. I mean, Marquise Brown, he was dropping everything. And then and after I,
1: that, it's a bunch of nobody.
0: I don't. I can't name any of them. Uh, the Ravens really kind of took a dub here. I mean, Sammy Watkins, I think, is a wide receiver one he could really prosper. Because back on the Chiefs, he had that one breakout game a year. I think, yeah, he had that one breakout game a year where he went off. But then there's always uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, and so just, Yeah. So just having him, like, he's a solid receiver. He can make those catches. He's a great player.
1: I think he's ready to be a number one.
0: I think, he, I think he's been ready for a while now. I mean, you look at his games and he he's usually, like, making plays and stuff. He's usually open if no one else is. I mean having him be your number one receiver on a team that needs a one, number one receiver that could be huge for both of them now lamar jackson i've given him a lot of crap before but you show you kind of proved to me that it's not really all his fault but yet again he does need to work on his passing i he mean does. going back to that browns game now i know I just kind of gave Marquise brown a lot of hate right there but he's the reason they won that game Lamar Jackson, that pass honestly was not a good pass. It was uh, it was underthrown. Sam or Marquis Brown had to kind of stop and like get down to get it. I mean, it wasn't a good pass, so To be fair, he was wide open.
1: Um, and no I don't I don't think Anderson dejo was even in the radius. No, the pass, he
0: wasn't, but, but still so you gotta make that. You gotta be more accurate than that. Because what if that was incomplete? I mean, that was fair. not a good pass. It could have been.
1: It really could have been. And
0: that would have been game right there. But i think lamar jackson kind of knows this i mean he got a lot of hate this year i think he knows he needs to do that because he could run all he wants but that's going to get shut down eventually he's either going to get seriously hurt or teams are just going to pick up on it we saw it a lot this season that's why the ravens didn't do so good
1: they need to give him a little more time in the pocket as well That offensive line needs a little little bit 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 sketchy. yeah Yeah, it needs
0: needs a little bit more work and the baltimore
1: ravens have been hunting high profile wide receivers for a little bit they offered more money to juju smith schuster who re-signed a one-year deal with the steelers and they even offered a deal to T.Y. Hilton, who actually ended up re-signing with Carson Wentz and the Colts, which I believe that's more of a personal re-sign for T.Y. Hilton. Same with Juju Smith-Schuster. But at least the Ravens were able to pick up one person. That they yeah, were they, at. Also,
0: they also reached out to Kenny Galladay. And you guys know how I feel about Daniel Jones. I think that he made a mistake going there instead of the Ravens. But I, I heard that the difference was that
1: the Ravens and one other team, we're offering Kenny Galladay $12 million and $11 billion. Um, the Giants actually signed him for $18 million. So He was chasing a check. Definitely, for sure. Um, I don't blame him, though. yeah, I don't, I don't blame, him, I blame him at all. But this definitely puts pressure on Daniel Jones. He needs to step up, and he needs to play like a franchise quarterback.
0: Or just play like a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in general. Uh, this is kind of heartbreaking for me. Um So, I know I say this a lot, but I hate the Dallas Cowboys. He hates the Dallas Cowboys. You know that we do not like the Dallas Cowboys. And KJ Wright, one of my favorite Seahawks players, he had a breakout season last year. He was honestly a huge reason why the Seahawks defense also stepped up as well. He is a linebacker. I think he had two interceptions, one pick six. And he had sacks and tackles for losses, passes uh, deflected. He had a great season. Uh, This is his... um, He's a, he's a free agent right now, and he's not taking a home deal with the Seahawks. He talks about how he wants to stay with the Seahawks, but he's not going to take a he's not going to take a home deal. Now, he is interested in the Cowboys. He so says that's been a dream for him, and going with Dan Quinn is something that makes him really want to go there. I don't think the Seahawks are going to re-sign him as much as I hate to say it.
1: Yeah, it's just it's inevitable that I think he's just going to go to another team,
0: and it's, it's probably going to be Dallas too. I mean. Who wouldn't want KJ Wright on their team? He's a natural leader. He worked with Bobby Wagner for his whole career. And i if he does go to the Cowboys, I wish him the best, but not enough to win games. <laughs>
1: um, I can totally see the Cowboys wanting to go after him too, because we know their long-term veteran Sean Lee missed 16 games over the last three years due to injury. And their recent uh, drafted Leighton Van Der Esch was limited to only 10 games last year because of injury as well. So definitely having a nice sturdy strong linebacker is going to be very helpful for them so i can totally see this going
0: on paper. the cowboys yeah. yeah so the 49ers they did they did get some more wide receiver help with uh, mohammed sanu now he he impressed me a lot when he was in the falcons he he was also kind of a good quarterback could be a replace jimmy g but um i'm honestly kind of surprised that he kind of just fell off after he signed with the patriots i mean i didn't ever hear anything about him after that Facts. Uh, I'm not sure where he was even playing last season. I don't think it was a New England. Maybe it was a Detroit. But besides that, I think he could be good again. I mean, he was he worked he played pretty good on the uh, Falcons with Matty Ice and uh, Julio Jones. But I don't know. I think that he's probably gonna finish out his career over in, in San Francisco. Hopefully, he does good. Not enough to win games, obviously, but hopefully he does good.
1: Yeah. Um he's gonna he's they're gonna have some interesting depth at wide receiver, the 49ers will because they have Mohammed Brandon Ayuk, and second rounder Debo Samuel. <clears throat> I think that's a solid group of wide receivers, not best in the league, but I I would if I had to have a group of wide receivers, I wouldn't be disappointed with this
0: selection. Yeah, just a bunch of like low key receivers. So the NFL, uh, the draft is coming up. They're not going to mandate the vaccine for them. Uh, Just like a really quick little piece of news because the draft is coming up in less than a month now. Uh, Yeah, I don't really have much more to say about that. Uh, Yeah, I'm not really going to sprinkle my opinion on this one too much,
1: but it is definitely surprising. Yeah, a little surprising, a little questionable for not wanting to mandate the vaccine for the prospects. Um, Some other NFL news. um, The 17-game season is approved. And that is going to take action in next season. So we'll no longer have an even record. We're not going to see any more eight and eighteen Cowboys. <laughs> it's
0: either going to be um, eight and nine or nine and eight. Um, something else about that: uh, the way they assigned that seventeen game, they matched up divisions, and they're going to like whatever. So, for example, the Sea or the NFC West and the AFC North are going to be matched up. So, Seahawks are play the Steelers, Browns are going to play the Cardinals, and so on, and. Um, I think yeah it's it's kind of a weird scheduling i'm not sure i i know i know uh something else i do know is that
1: um one year the afc teams are gonna play away and then the next year it'll be the nfc uh teams playing away so um again an interesting spin on that 17th game um Alvin Kamara spoke out on Twitter, said he was not a fan of this. He definitely didn't like it. And from a player perspective, I could totally understand why they don't like it. It's just yeah. another game that could risk injury. And sixteen games enough is already a um, lot for people. Yeah. To take a it takes a toll, especially on football players. Um we'll see how this goes though.
0: Yeah, another thing, that NFL news one more a little piece, uh they are planning on having full stadiums next season. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but with the vaccine coming out and everything, and COVID hopefully coming to an end, that could happen because that was it. That was a really weird season. I mean, I think <coughs> I think having no fans definitely affected
1: um, how the games went.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like, I think the TV, like the TV stations, did a great job with the fake uh, fan noises. But as players, I mean, going back to the Rams and Seahawks games when DK Metcalf was all pissed about not getting passes. I mean. He went to the sideline, was yelling at the offensive coordinator about it, and then he got a pass, but it was picked off. I mean, just stuff like that, being able to hear what the other team's saying, that's, it's just kind of like,
1: problematic.
0: it's problematic for teams. I mean, sure, he could have definitely been more quiet about it. He definitely should have. You have to be smart about stuff, especially with all of that. Um, But it's a real thing not having fans and that. That's a huge problem. I mean, teams that are known for their huge fan bases and making offensive making offenses uh, do false starts and all that. That's that's something that wasn't even existing last season. So for Broncos fans, this news, honestly, it's not surprising. I just heard about it for the first time right now, but it's not surprising. The Broncos love signing bad quarterbacks ever since Manning left. They were interested in Mitchell Trubisky.
1: Oh my goodness. If they signed Trubisky, that would have been insane. I, I think it would have been a funny season to watch. And funny enough, if Mitch had the offer, you know he would have had a battle for the starting gig. So maybe that's why he signed with the Bills. Maybe he just wants to hold a clipboard from now on.
0: Maybe he does. Uh, yeah. I just I'm glad he can go to the Broncos now. I I'm not a Broncos fan per se, but I, I like them. Um, I'm interested in them. I think they're gonna have a great season if they could replace Drew Lock. But a guy like Mitch Trubisky is not
1: the answer. Definitely not. Uh,
0: so we're talking about Cowboys and linebackers. They're they're, they're talking to. Uh, Sean Lee's a 34-year-old uh, outside linebacker. He was planning on retiring, but he wants to play again one more season in Dallas. Um, I don't know. At that point, I have—I kind of have a problem with this when players just want to like. I get the—I get the idea of just wanting to play a season longer, but you're just not going to help out your team. I mean, I'll go back to Drew Brees for example. If he were to play next season, he would probably be not even top 20 quarterback in the league he
1: definitely would have held the team back and you are even vocal about that now with Big Ben
0: yeah it's like there's a point in your career where you just have to call it quits so you're not going to help out anybody but yourself even then you're just going to hurt yourself I mean if you're a 34 year old and you're ta- tackling a a young Derrick Henry that's not you're that's not going to end up good for you I don't
1: even think he could tackle Kyle Pitts <laughs>
0: probably in. not I, I don't
1: think he'd be able to do that um it and he is very injury prone as well so maybe that's why he wants to come back and prove that he's got it but I don't think he should
0: yeah no definitely not former defensive tackle uh, Kyle Love has retired from the NFL he announces his retirement last Sunday he was 34 he didn't play last season because of COVID he opted out and he's not going to seek NFL employment for this year so he's officially calling it a career
1: uh yeah good for him uh I could totally understand why maybe he you never know maybe because of COVID he just didn't want to Maybe he didn't even have the opportunity to go out and like work on himself and build up and maybe he was just at home and he was just like, you know what, maybe just might as well hang up to cleats because mm. uh, I don't even think, but yeah, he only played 41 total games before being diagnosed with diabetes and then he ended up getting waived uh, with a non-football illness designation. So I think this is definitely more health for um kyle love hopefully he can work on fighting diabetes and building on himself yeah for sure the falcons and linebacker Deion jones have agreed to rework a contract um the adjustment will give the falcons an extra four million dollars in cap space for the coming year while jones now has his 2022 base salary fully guaranteed so good that they were able to restructure the contract to free up cap space um the fact that i worked out with Deion jones and the falcons that's good for them
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, so as I said earlier, the Chiefs did sign, or the Chiefs did sign Jaron Reed. Uh, that's going to be a good addition to any defense in the league. He's a solid defensive tackle, as I said earlier. I feel like I don't have to really go too much into depth on this, but he did sign a seven million dollars for the twenty twenty one season.
1: Imagine going against the Chiefs' defensive line. Uh, you can't run inside because uh, on the inside left, you're you're going to have Jaron Reed, and on the inside right, you're going to have Chris Jones.
0: Yeah. Plus Frank Clark is somewhere on that line as well. So yeah, that's, that's a solid defensive line.
1: It's definitely one of the best in the league. So running against the Chiefs, uh, I think they're going to be looking to shut that down.
0: Yeah, definitely. Urban Meyer basically, he they're drafting Trevor Lawrence. He said they're, he's the direction they're headed towards. Uh, he's not even going to work out for any teams. Lawrence is going to the uh, the Jags.
1: Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, I wish he could go to literally any other organization, but It's looking like Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Jags. And another thing about Urban Meyer, he did speak out and say that uh, he's not going to return to the NCAA. Uh, Kind of makes sense. He's obviously the new head coach for the Jaguars. So we're going to see if he turns the organization around because um, the organization definitely needs some work and having a good experienced Urban Meyer coach is going to be
0: fantastic for them. So the Patriots are interested in extending Stephon Gilmore. And I understand why he's a great cornerback. Uh, Not really much to say about that, besides, yeah, he's a great cornerback. I think he's definitely worth re-signing. Yeah, he's currently set to count for $7
1: million against the Patriots in cap, so we'll see if they even want to extend the 30-year-old now player. So I want to ask you something. um, What are the 49ers going to do at quarterback, especially trading up, being the team that traded with the Dolphins to get that number three overall pick? Because if you're trading up to that high of a pick, you're obviously going quarterback. I think
0: so. Kyle Shanahan spoke how he doesn't want to. They don't want to trade Jimmy G yet. They they still want to have him as a quarterback. Now, that's just not. They're just saying that. I think. I mean, you don't want to anger your quarterback. So they're definitely going to drop someone. I say Justin Fields all the way. Um, they're going to get Justin Fields. He's going to work under Jimmy G for a few weeks. They're going to lose a lot of games, and then they're going to throw him in, and then they're going to do a lot better. I think that's that's my prediction for next season. I could totally see that. Um,
1: I know there was um. Uh, words flying around that Jimmy G might get traded back to the Patriots and we maybe that discussion happened at Mac Jones pro day cuz we both know that Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick were there and they were talking with each other so maybe we could see something like that happen. Yeah, I'm, I think that'd be good for Jimmy G. Yeah, Bill Belichick, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh Bill Belichick even expressed how uh, the reason him and Brady were going back and forth uh, during those last couple of years together was because Bill Belichick was ready to move on from Tom Brady. and He was ready to play with Jimmy G. He was actually furious when the organization traded Jimmy G.
0: Yeah, I know that they're not they're not getting uh, Mac Jones. He was he was not happy. Bill Bel- Bill Belichick after he overthrew a pass, Bill Belichick just looked down and shook his head.
1: Yeah, so I don't think Mac Jones is going. I, I think he might be the last quarterback taken. I see Trey Lance getting picked over him as well.
0: Probably end up at the Broncos.
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, another retirement announcement, uh, Morgan Burnett. He opted out just like Kyle Love uh the 2020 season. And following that, he just decided to announce his retirement. Uh, he was a former Packers third round pick and he played 10 NFL season with Green Bay, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. He started 112 out of the 121 games he played. So good for him. Uh, He had a really solid career, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And it's good for him that he's going to take care of himself and step off the field.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the Buccaneers, they're going to wait on uh, re-signing Antonio Brown. Um, I'm going to try to re-sign him from the Buccaneers. He had that Super Bowl catch, and he's very problematic. We all know that. We can go on and on about all the stupid stuff he's done. But it looks like he's trying to get his, he's, he's getting it back together. Um, he played pretty good in the Super Bowl. He played decent in the season. Now, I know that there are some teams trying to recruit him, in court, including the Seahawks. They have Russell Wilson's really trying to push for him and a few other teams. I'm not sure who they are, but I read about it somewhere. Um, but I'm resigning him I'm, I'm going to resign him from the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah. Um, for the small, especially in the Super Bowl, he actually had a few catches. Um,
0: One of them was a touchdown, yeah. Yeah,
1: for the uh, small impact plays that he provides, um, I think it would make sense to bring back Antonio Brown. But um, Antonio Brown is another player that I've expressed should probably step away from the field because the whole thing going on with his mental state has been going around. so if he's going to go to any team, I think it would just make sense to re-sign with the Buccaneers or just retire. Because yeah. if he goes to another team, he might just be problematic once again.
0: I could see that. So the Raiders did one thing with their offensive line. They uh, extended Colin Miller. He's a decent offensive lineman. Uh, he's actually pretty good. I just, yeah. Definitely
1: it, one of the best tackles in the league right now. Um, uh-huh.
0: They had an amazing offensive
1: line. Uh, I wouldn't say amazing. It was still ranked one of the worst in the league last year. And the fact that they got rid of three starters is just astonishing to me. At least they were able to bring back a decent Colton Miller to the offensive line. but
0: Getting rid of Rodney Hudson, Trent Brown, and Gabe Jackson, that's not going to help Derek Carr at all. That's just not. a horrible move by the Raiders. We talked about this a lot last week. Um, but good that they re-signed somebody.
1: Uh Something else that I find crazy is, the team has still uh, opted to bring back Richie Incognito. And if you don't know Richie Incognito's story, he's definitely top three for one of the worst players in the NFL in terms of just being a cancer and just being really aggressive, trying to break players' ankles and stuff. Um, uh, I've personally have expressed that they shouldn't re-sign Richie Incognito. I don't think he should even be in the league. No. But if they do decide to re-sign him, at least he's gonna. At least he's gonna be good because he is an outstanding offensive lineman. He's definitely one of the best in the
0: league. But we'll see what happens with that. So Quentin Dunbar, uh, he had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of stuff going on last year with the. He was arrested. It was. It was a whole story. But he did play for the Seahawks for a season. He was injured for a lot of the season. Uh, but he is a free agent yet again, and he is meeting with the Cardinals and the Lions. I, yeah, I don't know. He's just he's just kind of decent.
1: Yeah, hopefully he can turn his
0: career around, especially with everything that happened the year prior. Yeah, in Washington, he was he was pretty good. I mean, he he allowed a hundred eleven uh, an hundred eleven passer rating, and he he had a pretty solid season as a Reds or a football team player. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe his career is coming to end with all the stuff that happened last season. He was injured. Uh, hopefully he can re. Hopefully he could restart his career, kinda. So the Chiefs are extending their offensive line after that horrible Super Bowl loss. They're gonna sign Austin Blythe. He's a former center for the Rams. So that's good. That's good for them because they're lacking in that center position now. They're lacking in that center position now. Um, something that I find
1: astonishing as well is. The Chiefs let go of both of their tackles, um, left and right tackle. Mm. And so far, they've signed a center and two guards. Um, None of them have any tackle experience, so I still wonder when they're gonna address tackle. Maybe they could probably pick one up in the draft, but it's good that they're getting some help on the offensive line. Yeah,
0: because that's Super Bowl loss. Yeah,
1: if anybody deserves offensive line help, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. We don't want
0: him to turn
1: into another Russell Wilson.
0: (laughs) So just after trading for him, the Seahawks already extended Gabe Jackson now. We talked about him a few weeks ago. He allowed zero sacks last season. He's a pretty solid lineman, if I say so myself. Um, He has a $22.58 million extension for three years. And I like that a lot. The Seahawks need that. um, They need a good offensive lineman and getting someone like that and already securing him for the next three years is huge. Looks like Russell Wilson is really starting to actually be heard in Seattle. Hopefully, some more NFL news. Um, COVID brought no
1: OTAs, brought no mini camps, brought no preseason. Two teams, but uh, OTAs are going to be available starting in April. So maybe we can see some stuff off hard knocks, like that whole DeAndre Hopkins uh, clip that he had um, against Hall a couple years ago. Um, OTAs are definitely something I like looking at because it's a, it's two different teams practicing with each other. And there's always some kind of beef there. It's, it's a it's a really nice thing, and I'm glad we're gonna be able to see that back.
0: Yeah. So this is actually some kind of good news, I guess, for Broncos fans. They're not interested in Sam Darnold. Uh, I understand why.
1: Yeah, I understand it too. But if I'd pick between having Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky, I'm definitely dropped. I'm definitely taking Sam Darnold. I don't understand why they didn't, but I think it's understandable. Sam Darnold. Um, I hope he gets another shot. He's a really young quarterback. He's younger than Joe Burrow. He kind of just got thrown into the fire too early. I still think he has a realistic shot. He just never had a real coach.
0: Yeah, I don't know. At this point, I feel like if I'm just going to get another mid-tier quarterback, I'd rather just stick with Drew Locke. Um I know I give him a lot of crap, but he had some good games last season. He actually almost beat the Chiefs, and he closed out the season pretty well. But again, it's not just a two-week season. It's a lot more than that. So, uh, I think Drew Lock right now, until they can find a quarterback that's actually a lot better than him, they should just go with him for now. Makes total sense, I think. And again, he had a very injured team last season. It was a weird season, so maybe Drew Lock might show improvement next season if he's a starter. And honestly, my favorite, my favorite part of the whole entire week, Seahawks extended Tyler Lockett. Now... Yeah, they gave him four years, $69 million, and honestly, I'm a huge fan of that. Now, I have said this years and years. Tyler Lockett is the most underrated wide receiver in the league. Uh, He really kind of goes, especially with DK Metcalf now. I mean, we saw that last season. Both of them broke team records in one season alone. I mean, Tyler Lockett had a 53-point fantasy week. I really I can go on and on about this guy. I mean, that toe drag catch against the Rams two seasons ago—that was honestly I think the best touchdown of the season. Yeah. It's then dead. this season he had another incredible toe drag touchdown against the Cardinals. He's just a really good mobile wide receiver that can always just make these amazing catches. He's a
1: great red zone threat, especially in the end zone.
0: Even then, just being a sh- like—he's a short like—he's not that tall, but that he can get—he gets lost in the players and boom, he's wide open. I I'm a huge fan of Tyler Lockett. I think that. Him, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson, and hopefully a new offensive line is going to be one of the best offenses in the league. And then for our last piece of news, just something, like, not huge, but it it could definitely play a huge factor in a year or two. Uh, The Giants are not in any hurry to extend Saquon Barkley. Uh, I understand. I really completely understand now. Saquon Barkley was one of the best, like, running backs coming from college in a long time he went super early in the draft he had an amazing rookie year but his second and third year he was injured um i liked saquon barkley a lot in his rookie year and i was really hoping this would be his comeback year but no he got hurt and i just don't so i think that saquon barkley can recover from this and be great again but at the same time you can't extend someone if he's always going to be hurt like this
1: not to mention in his first two uh his first two years he averages 1734 yards and 11 and a half touchdowns i mean he is a threat on the ground um personally i'm i'm a fan of saquon barkley i'm not too big on running backs myself per se but saquon barkley i remember when i was watching trace mcsorley in college because i wanted to see if he was like gonna be good or not um He's a backup in baltimore now but um i remember watching and i saw saquon barkley balling out and i was just like whoever that running back is he's gonna ball out in the nfl and then i looked into him and it was saquon barkley out of penn state and he's a phenomenal player and he's he's somebody that i think should have his fifth year option picked up he's a solid running back he can catch uh he can uh at the line he's strong enough to truck any defensive tackle even he's big he's strong he's lethal in every single way imagine christian mccaffrey but with some weight on him that's literally what saquon barkley is i i think people definitely don't remember how solid that rookie season was it was more than solid it was definitely
0: phenomenal one of the best rookie running back seasons in the league to date I say wait till next season to extend him. See how he plays this year, because if he's hurt again this year for a long period of time, I'm letting him go, honestly. I would,
1: I, that would make sense.
0: Yeah, so I completely understand why they don't want to resign him now. It's actually one of the smart moves that the Giants have done recently, which is honestly surprising. Uh, but I hope that he has a bounce back here, and I really want him to get comeback player of the year because he deserves it. So I just have three random stats for you guys for my weird stat segment. So The first one just really shows how great Justin Herbert really was. According to PFF, Justin Herbert had 953 deep passing yards in 2020. The next closest rookie quarterback in that category was Joe Burrow with 293 yards. Now, this could also talk about Joe Burrow a little bit. So, Joe Burrow got an ACL tear pretty early in the season due to a faulty O-line, also some other tear as well. But he was still the second highest deep threat in in the quarterback class this season. But at the same time, 953 yards for deep For deep toes is pretty insane, especially for a rookie. Now Justin Herbert, uh, he's gonna be great.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think anybody, um, I don't think anybody expected Justin Herbert to pop off the way he did. I personally, this is the first quarterback I've ever been wrong about was uh, Justin Herbert. I didn't see him doing really good, but uh, he proved me and plenty of other doubters wrong. He looked like a veteran out there making plays. Like, he knew what to do on the fly. If he had to tuck it and run it, he would, and he'd be safe with it. And then if he had... If he had a wide receiver open deep, he wasn't afraid to take the shot. And when he did take that shot, it was accurate and it was delivered
0: on the money. Yep. Uh, you were saying that if he were to start his first three games, if he were to start the first three games of the season, he would have had 5,000 passing yards if he would have gotten his average, at least, as a rookie quarterback. 5,000 yards as a rookie is just insane.
1: And the fact that he eclipsed that is even more insane. Um, a lot of people like to say Justin Jefferson got snubbed for offensive rookie of the year, but I don't think he was. I think no. Justin Herbert deserved it 100%. Baker Mayfield had just set the rookie touchdown record with like 26 in a season. And then a couple years later, here comes Justin Herbert throws
0: 31. So something else, uh, the Cowboys have the only Super Bowl MVP on, on a losing team. His name is Chuck Halley in Super Bowl five. He actually denied the trophy. I don't blame him. I mean, yeah, I, I'd be pretty. I wouldn't be really eager to accept a trophy if I lost this Super Bowl, uh, but that's just something kind of interesting. And our last stat is uh, since Week Eight of the 2019 season, the Panthers are six and zero when allowing less than 22 points, and they are zero and 20 when allowing more than 22 points. So they're six and 20, and since 2019, um, yeah, that just. You just, have to, you just have to drop 22 points and you're winning against the Panthers, basically. Um, if you guys want to look at more weird stats, check out WTF.Football on uh, Instagram. They have a ton of really cool ones. That's where I get mine weekly. So, just I want to talk about something really quick. The 17-game season, we brushed on it a little bit earlier, but I want to go more in-depth now. This could honestly pose a lot of problems. I know a lot of NFL players are kind of pissed about this. And going into it, so... Something else I want to talk about is records. That's a huge thing people are talking about now. Having 17 games compared to 16 games is a whole new opportunity for new records. I mean, look at Derrick Henry. Imagine if he had about one more game to have another huge, like if he had one more huge game, that could be an all-time record right there. If Patrick Mahomes had one more game, he would have
1: beat Peyton Manning's touchdown record for sure.
0: Yeah. It's like, you can't really discredit those older players, though, because they only had 16 games. That's a huge problem that's coming up with this whole entire thing. Uh, yeah, as you said, Alvin Kamara's mad. Other players are mad. Um, it just really looks like the NFL does not listen to their players. They...
1: I don't know. They definitely have, they definitely don't. Especially Roger Goodell. I mean... He hates them. Yeah, he definitely does not... He definitely does not listen to a single word that the player says. The only time he'll ever talk to a player is if they're suspended or for a really bad suspension, if that sometimes he won't even talk to them. Like a PED, uh, a PED thing, he won't talk to them. But Miles Garrett hitting uh, Mason Rudolph in the helmet, he will go and talk to you about that. Yeah. Other than that, the only time he's going to discuss with a player is in the first round of the <laughs> NFL draft. It's the only time he's ever going to uh, associate himself with a player. Um, it's just not a good move, I think. Um, I mean, if you're just a raw football fan, um, definitely is for us. Like uh nfl news reporters and stuff it is going to be good because i'm am
0: us- like i'm a huge fan of this yeah, but it's at the same gu- time. it's going to
1: give us content but from a player's perspective that's just one more week of grueling hard fought football and to be fair the nfl is a long season it is a long season
0: yeah like i, I was on facebook when that whole entire thing happens again comments saying oh just shut up and play like you're getting paid millions of dollars to play football like you also got to think of that's one more week of a potential career-ending injury. That's one more week of getting trucked by 200-plus-pound players. That's one more week of putting yourself on the line.
1: Yeah, it's one more week of risking uh, CTE risks because um, a lot of uh, a lot of players at the end of
0: their NFL careers take their own life because of these injuries that they face. And it's They're- like. Why do you think that players are so relieved to have that bye week after making that after winning their division or winning their conference? It's like players need the breaks. They need they Playing 17 games is going to be a grueling thing for them. Drew Brees is going to be
1: so frail. I'm like, I'm calling it like even though he's not playing, uh, he's he has to keep up with his athletic um Lifestyle, or else I feel like his just, body's just yeah, he's just, his body's just gonna quit on him with all those shots that he took, uh, broken ribs. I mean. Sure, uh shut up and play you're getting paid millions of dollars, but you're putting your body on the line each mm-hmm. and every week. A lot of these players fight through injuries without even saying something. so that's it. Um, oh, sorry go ahead.
0: That's a huge thing that annoys me about uh, seeing football fans in comment sections. I mean, I've never played football, so I really don't understand. but at the same time, it's like I understand enough like these players are putting a lot on the line like I would love to see some random guy just go on a football field for 17 weeks. And, and try to and, complete a path. Yeah, and try to say, oh, man, that was so easy. I got my millions of dollars. Like, yeah, you're still getting paid, but at the same time, your body is just, you're, you're ruining your body, potentially.
1: Yeah, um, playing football myself, um, there is a few guys that I know that, had pretty bad injuries but still played through it uh shout out my boy julian i think he had like three concussions our senior year but he played every single game and i think to treat it he just slammed his head into a locker so i mean um these players uh regardless from the high school level to college to football they play through so many injuries
0: yeah another high school player from our high school uh he was saying that he honestly wished he didn't ever play football i mean he graduated two years ago but he just yeah i mean Football is a really like it's it's a very physical sport. I'm sure everybody knows this. So I am i don't like that argument of just you're getting paid millions of dollars. Like, yeah, but you're still putting yourself at risk. I mean, players have almost died on the football field. That's just not something that you're just getting. Oh, it's not OK, just because you're getting millions of dollars drew Bledsoe, So uh,
1: when uh, I mean, his injury gave us Tom Brady. But let's not forget that that injury, uh, he ruptured a blood vessel in around his heart. And I think he was literally minutes away from dying. That would have been the first gridiron death, which is insane to think about. The NFL really needs to look into revamping uh, pads and helmets, and they need to invest a lot of time and a lot of money to making sure that this is a safe game so that when we do get 17 game extensions, the players aren't gonna trip about it. Because obviously health concerns are a big, big thing about this.
0: And look at Ryan Shazier. I mean, he was paralyzed. He still is paralyzed pretty much. And that was because of football. You look at players like Alex Smith, for example, huge topic on our show, he almost died. And we said that a million times, but yeah, he literally almost died because of football. Uh Antonio Brown, he like it's he has Clear
1: clearly he has mental problems. Like Aaron
0: Hernandez's he problems can be root like looked back to football. I mean, all those hits he took, I mean, that's it's a realistic thing that players really have to go through. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. Another another issue is the whole entire home in the way game situation. I mean it is kind of an unfair advantage. I mean, I know that there is going to be like, as you said, they're going to alternate every year, but at the same time, that could really change a whole entire playoff game.
1: I think so as well. I mean, it could play, it could, it could take part in a whole entire just week to week basis.
0: Game. It really I mean, can.
1: Always being on the, always being on the move. I mean, sometimes, sometimes being on an airplane isn't always the best. You could have some pretty bad hotel rooms. I mean, It's really comfortable playing in your own home stadium.
0: So as a football fan, I like the 17 games. I mean, I love another week of football, but as someone who- I'm mindful of- As someone who's mindful of the players, I understand where they are coming from. For sure. I wish that more, I wish that they had listened to the players a little bit more. And then we just kind of wanna talk about a few random things this week. Uh, I wanna go into kind of some of of a hot take. Um, I promise this is not just me being a delusional Seahawks fan. I could see DK Metcalf going from like a top 10 receiver to the number one receiver in the league next season.
1: Uh, I could totally see that. Um, But the Seahawks offensive line has to let that happen. I mean, Russell Wilson's always under pressure, always on the move. And even even with that he could still make dk a top 10 receiver but he also has tyler lockett who re-signed for four years so russell wilson's also going to want to look his way to throw to him a lot of times when receivers lead the nfl and are number ones it's because there's not really another receiver to have i mean when you look at the saints for example um when you had michael thomas when he led the league in receptions broke I mean, the record yeah broke the record that's because there literally wasn't anybody on the other side of the field. um they had to bring in emmanuel sanders the next year which didn't even help out because michael thomas ended up
0: getting hurt um, look at michael Or you look at megatron for example uh he was an ama- like he, i'm not trying to discredit him he was an amazing player one of the best of all time but a lot of that was because he was the only wide receiver yeah I look mean, at Devonte adams as well julio jones
1: yeah especially julio jones Um. The only receiver that, in my personal opinion, can be a number one with another receiver on the other side is DeAndre Hopkins, and that's because he already did that when he had Will Fuller on his other side. Um, I see if Kyler Murray has an improve in his game because he played phenomenal football last year. a, a couple a couple you know early uh, quarterback mistakes, but if he can polish up his game and he can throw even better. I think DeAndre Hopkins will have the edge over DK Metcalf.
0: So I was gonna go into really quick why I think DK is gonna skyrocket yet again. Um, his improvement from his rookie year to last season was already astronomical. I mean, that was with a not great offensive coordinator and a horrible line, and Russell Wilson had to scramble every single play almost. Now. That's exactly why I think DK is going to be even better. He has a whole entire season to work with Russell Wilson. And keep in mind, Russell Wilson is wanting to win a Super Bowl. That's all he wants at this point right now. Russell Wilson has a brand new offensive coordinator. They're getting a brand new line, basically. So I think that the Seahawks are honestly... I'm not just saying this is a Seahawks fan again. I think the Seahawks could honestly... They're going to have one of the best passing offenses in the league. I think DK is going to lead that just because... He's so big. He's so fast. He's a great route runner. He can make separation. He's a great deep route runner. And I think by having a new offensive coordinator who's had success in the past as a a quarterback coach, that's going to really play a huge part in that. Now, I know we talked about Tyler Lockett, but Tyler Lockett's amazing. Don't get me wrong. As I said, most underrated receiver in the league. But at the same time, if the seahawks can get a good enough scheme to where dk is just not doing predictable plays every time dk is gonna be amazing he's already amazing but he's gonna be even better for sure um
1: i don't know i think like i said if the offense can get it going i could totally see it but dk also has to calm down. Um, Uh, when he's not getting the ball, um, getting angry about it is definitely not the right move. It's not going to, it's just going to lead to another pick six off of a
0: wide receiver screen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So if the offensive coordinator can call good offensive plays, if the offensive line can be good and if DK Metcalf can keep his cool, I can totally see that being an outcome, but I definitely, I think, I think that's a little bit of a stretch in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I can totally get that one. One more quick thing about that. Um, I think DK Metcalf has honestly been a great team player, uh, that, he only really ex- like got mad at that one game. and I don't blame him. The play calling in that game was awful. All it was was run, run, and do some just bizarre passing play. So I get his frustration. So I honestly put all the blame on that game on the offensive coordinator. There was horrible plays, <laughs> buzz, <laughs> yeah, but it was just horrible play calling without a doubt. Um, so, yeah, again, this is way too early. Uh, the season hasn't even, like, players aren't even working out together yet. It's just, it's a it's a stretch to even say this yet, but it's kind of one of my way too early predictions.
1: Um, another way too early prediction I have is about Mac Jones. Um, my opinion on him is that he's either going to be a boom or bust prospect. Uh, I don't like that he exploded to being a top five pick after being a second rounder off one game. Uh, to me, I don't think the film supports Mac Jones to be taken that high. Uh, he didn't do good in his pro day. Um, he's an Alabama quarterback. And I do get the Alabama quarterbacks always get a lot of flack. But that's only because there hasn't really been a solid Alabama quarterback to have success in the league. I mean, we're still watching uh, Tua. We're going to see if he pans out. He's probably going to be one of the only Alabama quarterbacks to do well in the league um i could totally see him being i see him either being decent like a ben roethlisberger kind of quarterback or i just see him being a josh rosen and not even sticking to a roster to me personally i'm not too big of a fan on mac jones but i mean for the player's sake i hope it's like a justin herbert effect and i'm wrong about this but out of all the quarterbacks in there in the classes here um in the first round i'm taking mac jones last I do. I think Trey Lance has a higher ceiling. I think obviously Trevor Lawrence does. Obviously, Justin Fields. Um, I just think those four quarterbacks just have a higher ceiling than Mac Jones because Mac Jones is not athletically gifted at all. I mean, he has a solid IQ. I brought up earlier that um, he only threw seven interceptions in two years. And in the SEC, being able to do that with just a bunch of stacked teams is pretty good. But Mac Jones doesn't really have a strong arm. Uh, He's kind of on the bigger side. He has no uh, he has no mobility. His ceiling is just really low as a prospect, and I don't think he should have even been... I don't think he should have even skyrocketed to the first round. I think that one game, I think all it was was just a little hype thing. I still think he's... I think he's still a backup quarterback at most. I think he's a second-rounder.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, there's one more player we need to talk about really quick, uh, Kyle Pitts. Now, this man... He's a tight end, but we both agree that he should be a wide receiver.
1: Oh, for sure. He's built like Megatron. He is 6'6", 235 pounds, I think. Either 35 or 25. He's on the slimmer side. And if you watch his film, he looks like a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. The plays he makes, um, he'll go up and he'll grab it. And just recently at his pro day, he ran a 4.4440. And for a tight end, that is phenomenal.
0: That's faster that's than that. any wide receiver
1: yeah, like, like, in a long time. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's honestly fast i mean that's wide receiver quality speed and i think if he stays at his build right now and he just focuses on speed uh he's already got the vertical uh gift because he's 6'6 he's got the vertical gift uh he's is 68 inches yep he can go out and catch it real easily um the way he runs his routes on the field it just makes sense to play him at wide receivers seeing him on the outside oh my goodness he could be a threat but as a tight end he'll he'll be a threat no matter what. If you put him at wide receiver or tight end, but I think to get the most uh bang for your buck, it's better to put him at wide receiver cuz if you look at his blocking film, it's just not it's subpar. It's not that good. Honestly, it's it's decent, but uh for an NFL, it's decent for college, but at an NFL level, you're not Kyle Pitts is not going to be able to stop like TJ Watt on the outside. It's just impossible. He is tall, but he's just not big enough to be a tight end. I think you look at Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, they are huge, but that's our take on this. Kyle Pitts should totally be a wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And with that, we're gonna conclude episode five, season two of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Thanks for coming in and tuning into the episode. We greatly appreciate
1: everybody that drops by. Uh, If you wanna stay up to date with us and you can learn about stuff like our Patreon, you can learn about our website, uh, just follow us on social media. Uh, Jake and Benny's Backyard Football on Facebook, Jake and Benny FB on Twitter, and Backyard Football Podcast on IG. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful week.